Welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Craig Cecilio. And Craig is the founder and CEO of Diverse Fund. Uh, Diverse Fund imag imagines a world where everyone, everyone can invest and build wealth, equal opportunity into all kinds of investment, including, of course, real estate investment. His mis mission is to break down the barriers to keep, that keep most Americans from investing in real estate something that is currently has been kind of left and, and protected only for the privileged, the well-connected and the wealthiest 1% in the country. Um, so Craig, welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about, about your fund, Diversity Fund. Um, yeah, for my understanding, it is a, a, a REIT, a real estate investment trust. It's, a, it's public, uh, it's registered, and, but it's not, it's not traded like some other REITs that you see on, uh, on the stock market right now. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a private fund. So it's a pr private markets, but it's publicly registered. We have to get SEC qualified to offer this. Of course, when you start uh, offering investments to the consumer or the everyday investor, I like to call them, there's a higher level of scrutiny through the regulators. And so they want you to get qualified. This came out of the Jobs Act in 2012. I believe the first one offering got approved sometime in, in 16, even though mm -hmm. they passed the regula regulations in 2012, it didn't allow uh, people to use the Reg A plus offering until I think it was July of 2015. Yeah, the mm -hmm. quick turnaround. That's law in 12, not until <laughs> three years later, it gets not. And then the first ones to start using this and filing this stuff, I think the first one went live somewhere in 16, because of course mm -hmm. everyone uh, you have to hire attorneys to do this, and uh, the first movers take a little bit longer to get these things going. And we had our first one activated in late 18, I like to say January 1st, 2019. And uh, we started lowering the minimums to $500 in June of 19. And around July of 19, this whole process was done through online, our online platform. It's mobile friendly as well. Today we have an app. Uh, so there's no, no people in the whole process. The whole thing's using technology and product and uh, it's all, all in the digital space. So yeah. uh, it's been quite, quite a journey to get to yeah. where we are today. Yeah, so I, exactly. I mean, I think part of it is that that Jobs Act was uh, was instrumental in um, kind of opening up a lot of these uh, these investment to the what we'd call the retail investor. The other ninety nine percent that, that uh, you know don't have normally access to uh, to these kinds of real estate investment, real estate project. So obviously, before the Jobs Act, you had you know, you would just do a syndication uh, and it would allow some accredited investors, people that were sophisticated enough and had, um, you know, enough funds to basically invest in these syndication. It was higher risk and all of that. But the Jobs Act really opened up, uh, kind of democratized the uh, investment and real estate investment world to non-accredited investor by providing some filings and, and uh, transparency to the investor. And also that's when the, the crowdfunding also that opens up the crowdfunding um, situation as part of that, uh, that kind of like that act and then the following acts after that. So I think people have heard quite a bit about the, the syndication. So how, does, how the, do they compare? How does a REIT compare to, to a syndication? That's a great question. Uh, I, I started out early or in the late nineties, I started syndicating my first deals. So I, I'm quite familiar with syndication. I've done that a lot with institutions and high net worths over 
the years. And what we did is we had to create a vehicle that we thought would be great for the everyday investor since we have minimum so low. And we create a fund in our fund. We created a REIT with that, just a real estate investment trust with that. Mm. So it's more for tax purposes and more uh, so they p- people could benefit from that specific uh, type of, of, of tool to use a REIT versus a fund. Uh, so, um, and to do that, to go through that whole process, of course, you have to get that qualified to the SEC. You have to submit it there and they have to, the words qualified, I want to use the correct word here. They have to qualify yeah. it. There's the, there's all these different words and you don't think <laughs> that they're important, but in their eyes, it's very important to say the right words. I'm qualified and yeah. using the right word. Don't misquote me. Yeah. Uh, at times I feel like Elon Musk. If I say something wrong, <laughs> they don't like me, the regulators. And uh, yeah, that just replies. Uh, and basically at the end of the day, uh, with, with the REIT structure is you can't really re- retain the profits. You have to disperse them to everybody. So over 90% of yeah. the funds that come to it have to be dispersed and you get 1099 at the end of the day, not a, not a K1. Um, so, uh, you know, if you don't know what that is, talk to your accountant, they know, <laughs> and each person has their own uh, type of circumstances if that works for them or not as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the, yeah. And we're not going to talk about that, but yeah, there's a big difference between the 1099 and the schedule K or K1 that you get normally if you're in a syndication or in a joint venture, for example. Um, yeah, definitely talk to your accountant for the details, but they're taxed very differently. And also the pass-throughs uh, happens with the, the schedule K and they don't happen necessarily on the 1099. Uh, the other thing too, is that 90, 90% um Basically, you have to disperse 90% of your profit uh, at the end of the year. So how does that, how does that impact the, uh, your growth or your, your ability to kind of like reinvest, reinvest the money? Does that, do you have any impact associated with that? Not, not with our business plan. We're, we're, we're consistently have offering, offerings going all the time. So we're consistently raising capital all the time. The, it's, it's, we have hundreds of thousands of transactions happening a month right now. Our communities, over 30,000 people have invested. We're over a half a million accounts sign up uh, with that continuing to increase month over month. So we're at that point in time where we, we've made it, we got there, so it doesn't affect us. Of yeah. course, in your early days of building this out, every, everything's kind of a little nuts and how do you do it? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we got, you know, you want to say, you can't say how great Diversity Fund did. I want to take credit for it. We, we bought during the pandemic and everything kind of took off and appreciated no matter what you did. So we mm-hmm. benefited from that as well. Um, yeah. I, I can't say that's just us, but it was timing does make a difference of us building this platform out at a point in time where we had this massive amount of appreciation. Uh, and here we are today with massive amounts of inflation going on due <laughs> yeah. to that. But uh, that's yeah. a whole other conversation. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think a lot of our, our listeners, they're really interested in um, in kind of like people's journey, kind of like how do they how do you get to where you are today? And uh you know, and then, you know, it's, it's, a, it's very important to see that kind of like what, how did you go from, you know, where you were in the past, you, the kind of education you had, and what made you choose to go into real estate, and how to invest in real estate in that particular way with diversity fund, and uh, using a public route. It's, it's, a, it's a life journey for myself, I would say. And I always have to remind myself what gets me up in the morning each and every day. It's it's not about making money for me. It's about my passion is more about uh, building something for people. And that's what gets me out of bed every day. And I, and I had to really dig deep into that. And I had to ask myself, well, well why? why? Why do I do this? It is quite an undertaking because being at my age and I could just do a regular fund, I probably make 10 times as much money. 
Um, so it's definitely not the money. And it goes back to childhood, seeing my, my parents, my father struggling. It was more of a, a working class family. My mom was a school teacher. My mom ended up being a breadwinner. Uh, grew up in a fairly affluent area of Fairfield County in Connecticut. If you don't know about that, that's basically a, Connecticut's a suburb of New York City, basically. <laughs> so yeah. I could drive through the whole state and get there quicker than I could go from San Diego to LA, <laughs> which is now like a five hour journey, it seems. And uh, anyway, um, that being said, and I was always on that path. So that was the fire. And so as my journey brought me out to uh, California and uh, I always felt like the, I read about building wealth was always through real estate. So I, uh, in the late nineties, I got involved with that, learned how to syndicate, learned how to get deals, learn how to structure deals and do all that stuff. And uh, during that time period, uh, I was serving a lot of institutions and accredited investors. And I saw how well they did. And uh, at the same time, I saw how greedy they were. And so that actually built a little fire in myself as well. There was never any gratification for helping them out. It was more like, how much can I make? How much more I can make? It's all about me. You know, it's, we don't know whatever deal we're doing. They always had these great terms for themselves. So I was like, you know, this is not win-win. And I always looked at things in life. It has to be win for everybody. It has to be yeah. win for the investors. It has to be win for if you're working with other sponsors. It has to be win for yourself. And how do you create something? So when I saw the Jobs Act and... Uh, happened in 2012, which is a great time period because that's when technology yeah. was really kind of evolving. Yeah. And at the same time, you, the timing with social media taken off too, because that really kind of started kicking off out of the great recession. Uh, all those pieces kind of came together and I had one of those aha moments, like a light bulb. Yeah. Um, this is what I meant to, meant to do. Mm -hmm. This is the skills that I have. Here's the fire. And here's all these pieces coming together. Digital age, the right regula regulations coming through, the right product. And putting all those pieces together and that's when i set out and said hey i gotta build this company out and uh that's when kind of the genesis of diversity fund was forming yeah now, i think i think it makes per perfect sense i mean i, I don't want to i have a similar journey as well and i i know that the uh the regular like the working class and the middle class they're underserved the middle class is just being squeezed to the bottom and uh you know i don't want to plug my company here but i will uh martel turnkey i mean this is what this is one of the reasons why we started the company and we're dealing with we're helping uh, investors uh, or new investors, people that don't even think about investing in real estate to start building a passive income portfolio to, you know, to basically achieve financial freedom, retire uh, and maybe retire comfortably, retire a little bit early, maybe, and also build multi-generational wealth. So I think these, these things are very important to, uh, to me and to my family. And this is why why we're trying why we're doing this. This is why I'm doing break away from the rat race. This is why you know I wrote my book and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think we're from that perspective. I think we're very very much in, in line. I think with uh, with our goals and uh, you know the accredited investors and the uh, you know the one percent. I mean they, they know how to fend for themselves. They don't need uh, they don't need our help. But the rest of the population, the ninety nine percent. This is who needs our help in order to otherwise we're going to have a major crisis in our hands um if we if we don't help them out that's that's kind of my my belief yeah and, and during times of uncertainty and uh, times and down time periods you always see this great transference of wealth we just yeah. came out of a pandemic and look looking back who benefited from it yeah and before it we had a pretty wide gap now it's even wider and it's amazing yeah. and it, history just repeats itself again and again 
So we're, we're trying to democratize the process and there's just a ton of obstacles in the way. You got mm -hmm. the regula uh, regulatory agencies leading with regulations and not leading with education. I think there's a big difference. Being a sophisticated investor, that's to me, that's a, uh, how do you say, a code word saying you're, you, you are privileged, you're sophisticated, you're smarter. We live in a digital age. You could access any information online. You have the ability to self-educate yourself today. So we have to match that with the regulatory agencies and have some type of uh, compromise there so we can allow people the access to these things, uh, yeah. especially private markets. This is where tons of wealth is made in the private markets and they're so opaque. And yeah. mo most people don't know about it. They're not taught about this in school. You usually yeah. learn about this later on in life when you're 40 or 50. Maybe that's when you you can't, you become an accredited investor, right? Later on in life. What yeah. about in your you're 20s? Lucky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And why can't you start going? And with all these yeah. great tools out there today with technology, uh, it, you can start building wealth at an early age. And it, it kind of, God, I sound like, like my, my parents, the habit of saving, right? And, but yeah. with the tools, it's, it's like we, we have a tool. It's an auto invest option. People come and they take, they sign up and they have money coming out of their bank account on a monthly basis. And mm -hmm. tools like that, that helps us you get in the habit of saving, a habit of building and saving wealth over time. And just understanding just a little bit at a time and that just compound years, you know, years at a time. And you, if you start that when you're 45, 50 doing that, you, you know, it's, you're not going to build it up. But if you can start that in your 20s and 30s, when you're 40 and 50, you have a substantial nest egg already built up. So it's kind of mixing everything together. Um, mm -hmm. The, the um, you know, the, the, the new rules as well as the technologies and some of these uh, tra traditional opaque uh, businesses out there and, and really giving people access to them, giving those, them the opportunity to start participating. Yeah. So, and I think, I think this is true. I think now we have, in terms of education, I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be, to be done in terms of education and having people think about, uh, about how to invest and, and all of that. And I think there's a, there's a lot of noise that uh, Wall Street, I, they call it marketing, but uh, Wall Street is putting out there about kind of investing in the stock market as if that was the only option possible and save, 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 save so that we can get our, our fees and, uh, you know, and the opacity that you mentioned. I mean, yeah, they, they seem like they are publishing, publishing information, but they're using lingo and language and uh, code words that not many people understand and then they invest in those, in those things thinking, oh, this is safe and secure and blah, blah, blah. And um, so I think that there's still a lot of work like on, in terms of, on, on the education side, I would think. And then there's the non, what I would call the, what we're doing, the real estate investment and what and the REITs is that kind of, it's weird to say this, but it's kind of an alternative investment, but stock market yeah. should be the alternative. But, you know, we're, we're considered the alternative investment because we're not really, part of wall street and we're just we have a different path on that so i so that this is why i think you you coming on the show i think it's great it's a great way for for us to spend some time and educate educate people out there that you know you exist diversity fund is is a different way an alternative way to invest it's public it's uh, they have a lot of information you publish a lot of information about what you're doing and this is the kind of like the importance of that yeah, yeah, it, it's. I, I just feel fortunate to have this opportunity to give back by creating something like this. Uh, I, I find it 
it, it's been uh, quite a journey to build this up. And by going through that process, it's great that we've done it. However, I also get a little concerned is, is other people entering the space. It's a tough space to enter. It's expensive yeah. space to enter. And I like, you, you like to have competition because it really breeds you to be better and, and produce a better product. Yeah. But we really don't have too much competition because the barrier to entry to start this business is so high and the costs are so high. You, know, you look at things and how the system's set up and hey, if, I, if you wanna wire some money, if yeah. you were wiring a million dollars, it costs you the same as someone wiring a hundred dollars. But then you say, it's, let's say your wire fee is ten dollars. Ten ten dollars is nothing, on, yeah. on a million. But ten dollars and a hundred is ten percent, and and yeah. so who gets hit? Who who gets who who suffers from that stuff? And, and actually, people, if you have a million dollars in the bank, most of the time I don't pay wire fees because you get it to a certain limit, and then they just, oh yeah, we're gonna, you don't have to pay fees. <laughs> so. But but everyone who's got a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or ten thousand yeah. dollars gets yeah yeah gets, they get hit yeah. up. That's yeah. not a level playing field with the just just how the Absolutely. inner workings work. Yeah, the cogs in yeah. the machine. Yeah. So information and education, I think this this is very good element. Uh, and I think you know, hopefully, about all the YouTube, the social media, and all of that. I think people have much more access to information, and they can also with your platform when they go on Diversity Fund, they can see information about the um about your fund what you're doing the projects that you're doing and kind of like what what to expect right yeah you have you have a lot of information that you provide them we do we do we we, there's a lot of information we provide the the assets that we're in today they're about 15 to 25 million dollars average purchase price those assets those are things that really you have to be uh have a a rather large amount of money to participate in those so now hey i have 500 bucks a thousand bucks ten thousand dollars even twenty five thousand dollars and i you get to participate in institutional quality investment is 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 something that i think is great for some people to have to have that opportunity for the first time now and um it's 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 been great it's been uh a a great time period for do for doing this and uh really educating the people about the whole everything from soup to nuts. We're, we're finding out with a lot of our feedback is we have to educate them across the board with everything is, is how much they should invest, a little bit about the product itself, how that works. Um, some things are amazing. There's always human nature. Uh, I always like to talk about the difference between growth and spec. There's a big difference yeah, there. Yeah. A lot of people uh, really educating them about that. Uh, liquidity standards uh, for themselves, the uh, diversification, their own por- portfolio is since we have low limits, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. So mm-hmm. what percentage of, of your own portfolio do you want to put in this? And I think this is really where our platform helps people out is they could look into it and look at from a point from personalized point of view and saying, hey, maybe my net worth is 25,000 and I the maximum stick in this is $2,500. And really, so they could diversify where they are at that point in time in their life. And yeah. so this really opens the doors for someone as, and you can go as young as 18 and to as old as 65, it's usually the standards there. So wherever you are on that spectrum, you personalize your approach to investing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of things there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I, I want to go back to competition. You mentioned you had no competition. Uh, we're going to change that. I want to <laughs> tell you, we're actually creating in uh, next, uh, this, like the end of, uh, well, next month, we're going to launch uh, a digital, like a tokenized real estate fund that's going to invest in single family rentals. 
so that's one of the things that uh, that we're working on right now, and people are going to be able to invest as little as $50, $50 a month. So that's going to give you, it's a little bit different space than what you're doing, but at least it's going to be a little different. All the, the shares of the of the fund are going to be stored in a digital wallet, and then we're also going to distribute, um, you know, cash flow to to the funds uh, using a stable coin. So that's that's kind of our plan there. Uh, so we're trying something different. The same way that when you uh, you started this fund, you uh, the the read uh, the read fund, you know, you tried something new to to uh, basically democratize investment. We're trying to do the same using uh, using the blockchain technology and all that. So that. That's going to help you, and then hopefully we can we can come back, uh, you know, maybe six months or a year from now and see kind of uh, how things evolved and uh, learn from one another from our experiences. Yeah, love to share you the the tech stacks of what you guys are putting together behind the scenes because that's one of the things we've been working on the last couple of years is really improving that process with all the little working with the regulate, uh, regulatory agencies and mm. all those little costs that are involved with that. I, I love the blockchain because that really takes away a lot of, of some of those players in that space. Yeah. There is a lot of navigation with doing that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not simple, which yeah. is unfortunate. And mm -hmm. but however, I think things are starting to open up and people are starting to accept that the new technologies yeah. and the blockchain and the currencies and we'll see how that uh, develops over the years. It, 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 is, it is an undertaking, um, but it's definitely something that, like I say, is we can use our superpowers for good. If we could do it and do it in a good manner, we should be able to use it as a society. I yeah. think we're always looking at the, you know, sometimes we're looking at the bad actors, but we got to take a different approach, the educational yeah. approach. Yeah, approach exactly. how, how does this help people out and not hurt them yeah. out? Exactly. And the more people yeah. who do that, and I think we need not to have one company or two companies succeed. Uh, you know, you always hear Apple, Google, Facebook, you know, that's, yeah. and then now, now, now you got, uh, what's it called? Uh, Twi Twesla? Twitter, Twi Twitter and uh, Tesla Twisla. together. <laughs> just, Twisla, yeah. That's a good so, one. That's a good one. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's just, Twizzler. Want, want, I think it's taken already Twizzler. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want, you want the, it's good to have the competition that forces you to be better and it yeah. forces you to get creative as well. Yeah. You yeah. want more players yeah. in the space without a doubt. That's right. And the, uh, the other thing too that you mentioned, so we talked about the democratization uh, of this. I think your fund is also doing uh, something that's very good in terms of two major components that you see uh, when we're talking about syndication and large investment. Uh, one of them is diversification and the other one is, is liquidity. So, that, uh, so tell us about, about that, how, these, uh, how an investor uh, that would go on diverse fund on your platform they see the information that's there and then they decide they say yes i want to i want to invest in diversity fund what's the process and then uh how are they how are they improving in terms of uh, liquidity and how are they improving in terms of diversification of their real estate investment portfolio yeah it's a pretty simple process go you go on a platform you go through you go through your computer you go through your cell phone we have apps the, the apps are on android and ios right now it's a very seamless process where you click in buttons and automatically connects to your bank accounts and, it, and it's very easy very easy to transact so we make that ability to transact very easy for the consumer always always getting feedback and improving that 
uh, again and again. And so typically uh, the, the funds that we have had set up, they're value add funds, which is the first few years with those assets, you're improving those assets and you optimize cash flow, usually between the two and th three year time period. And then the cash flows outweigh the expenses, right? And then whatever's left over gets distributed to uh, the, the people in the fund itself. Uh, so typically two to three years, usually time period to, to get to that level where your distributions actually cash uh, dividends paid uh, to uh, the parties in the, in the fund. So I put my uh, I put my five hundred dollars in in your your fund. Do I get to pick specific projects, or I, I'm just totally in the fund? And then you have some projects that are in year four of the value add. You have some other projects that may be uh, getting started in terms of the um, you know in terms of the uh, the investment. Like you just acquired it, and now you're just about to start the project. Is is that how it works? Like you, you basically are buying into multiple projects, or you're just buying into the, the new project that gets started. Yeah, great question. So we're we got a little bit more mature, so it's it's a little bit easier to explain now than a few years ago. So pre, pretty much is the, the first stage is really uh, is aggregating the funds, is getting the funds in, and then then as soon as we get them in, we deploy them and buy the assets. Uh, so so really, it's the fund usually within first six, 12 months fills up and then, then it just shuts down and then we kind of create another one. And uh, the process is we go out and we try to stick 10 to 15 assets in each fund uh, for diversification. Uh, we're, you know, we're chasing markets where we're, mm -hmm. you know, our company is headquarters in California, but most of our properties are North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Texas, uh, New Mexico, Utah. Yeah, I think there's one in California now. That's that's about it. It's tough out here, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> People don't it know. Is, it is uh, tough. Southeast, uh, Southeast, we're very, I'd say, probably 75% in the Southeast United States right now. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and so uh, we just continue to chase yield, chase, chase, uh, chase great deals throughout the US. And um, and typically how it works is you put your uh, your money in and at the same time, we have like thousands of investors coming on a monthly basis. So you know, aggregate all those funds and we have more velocity and more speed of that money coming in. So you're able to deploy a little bit more quicker and get that money working right away. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So basically every, so every, every project that you would have, it'd be kind of like a separate little fund that you would have. And then you would, uh, and then people would just fund, fund it that you have a lot of people. I think you, you mentioned you had over like 30,000, like people that are subscribers yeah. that are current investors. And then they would just jump in there with their, their money and say, okay, I'm ready to buy another 500 bucks or $500,000 and yeah. then let's go. Yeah, so each fund usually has 10 to 15 properties in it. The, I guess the best way to say it is the, 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 the way it's set up and the way all the regulations are, it's to do it on a property break property basis is, is not economically feasible. Right now, for this type of offering, due to the uh, third-party fees that are charged through legal, through the transaction fees, and the third-party compliance parties. So when you do that and you have that average across a larger fund, it's very minimal effect upon someone's return to that. So if you did a per-property basis and you got, let's just say, for instance, you got like a $100,000 legal bill for that, that yeah. really eats away of, of the return to that. So yeah. those are some of the things that we're improving with time is how we could drop those costs down. Unfortunately, we yeah. still kind of live in the, the legacy world. If you've seen a closing st yeah. statement on a multifamily project, you can see the attorney fees and the escrow fees are quite high. Yeah. Uh, shockingly, that business is still very 
uh, high in cost and it hasn't trickled down into any kind of tech yet where they're minimizing those costs, it will happen. It will happen across the board eventually, but uh, there's still high fees involved with uh, working with the attorneys and third party uh, uh, regulatory agencies that you have to deal with. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, speaking of just title, just a open and close bracket here, uh, I spoke with uh, with a guy, uh, an investor, Marius uh, Skonichny, and uh, he was talking about a company in Canada that was deploying here, and it's going to solve really that that title issue that uh, that you're talking about, about producing these these closing documents. So they have a system and process in place that are going to, and they were just approved by Fannie and Freddie Mac as a way. It's basically a lawyer's letter describing that uh, a legal letter that says yeah these are the titles are free and clear and it's significantly cheaper than uh, the approach that we're currently taking with uh, with title and title insurance just so that you know so a couple of yeah so that should have been this is going to be published like a couple of episodes earlier than this one so if uh, if you want to uh, to look at that one it's pretty interesting um, so so that so that's that's very good so uh, going back to diversity fund, I think this is uh, so. This this is very good. I mean, as you as you are investing more and more, is figuring out also kind of like how to be uh, as slim as you can. I know you're using a lot of technology uh, in order to really make it to to bring it to a level where somebody that has only five hundred dollars uh, can invest, and it make it still makes sense uh, for diversity fund to have uh, to have that investor. Um, so that's, you know, you need to use technology for that. You need to automate a lot of things. Um, so so that, that's part of the problem, right? Uh, because one of the things that you're doing also is you're also, if I, if I heard right, you're also distributing cash flow to your investors on a monthly basis when it gets into that, that stage. Is that correct? Yeah, qu quarterly, quarterly. Once yeah. we get that, oh, quarterly. Okay. Get, yeah, mechanics. Uh, love to to see if we could make it more efficient. Uh, still dealing with some, I call them legacy worlds, and in, in yeah. the way those things are being done, and some of the asset uh, assets that we purchased, they're they're still a little bit behind the technology. Uh, it's just not us. It's as a company, we could build out as much tech as we want, but the other yeah. parties, it's they're still traditional. Uh, when you're buying this asset and you're buying distressed asset and you're buying a certain part of the U S and you're going in and you're, you're going in and getting these like Excel sheets and everything's like, Whoa, it's, it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really tough to add, add tech, but it, it's creeping down to all levels. So yeah. those efficiencies will be developed over time. Mm -hmm. And so we can make those things more efficient and maybe make these distributions more in real time. There's still a, a, a large human element involved in, into this asset class, and mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll see changes. It's it's slowly happening across the board in every area. Yeah. So, what happens in terms of uh, of liquidity? If I'm an investor and all of a sudden I need I need my funds back, uh, how do is there a component of liquidity where I can contact you and say, you know, something happened? I want to move. I want to have my funds back. Is there is there a mechanism for that? Yeah, liquidity. I mean, these are these are closed funds. So the mm -hmm. these funds we write today, there's really not that big of a liquidity option. 
Uh, of course, uh, there's always circumstances for that. We really like to lead with education. It's a growth investment. It's not spec yeah. investments, it's a growth investment. It's not income investment. So teaching people what that is and educating them. Since our, our limits are so low, you really have to look at your specific situation in life. What What is it? So yeah. I would err on the side of caution and do a little bit less if you perceive something down the road where you might have to liquefy yourself because you really don't want to touch your growth investments at yeah. all. You don't want to do it. Even like if you're in stocks and bonds and there's a crash in the market or something and you need liquidity and you're cashing that out, you're just going to take a huge hit. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from that point of view, is this is something that you're trying to build wealth and yeah. in some cases, generational wealth. You got to kind of go into this like, hey, I, I can't touch this. This is a, an account I'm putting away. I mean, all of us have funds, not all of us, but a lot of people have funds for their kids at yeah. the end of the day. You're not going to go in there. You're going to make your ends meet. And so you kind of have to treat that the same way. And I would just say, look at your specific situation in life. What does that look like? And, and since you know we're allowing you to come in for a little bit less amount, just look at your situation and make sure you're going in and understanding that investment and in, in where you are today and where you believe you will be in the future. Yeah. So yeah. So the idea is really think of it as a long-term investment. Think yes. of it as something that okay, well, I'm gonna put something away for the long term, and I'm just gonna yeah, I'm gonna get some cash back on a quarterly basis. And then I'll I'll take it from there. But it's just like layer by layer. And then you have some money back. Then you put you put some more in the next fund. And you put some more. And eventually, you may actually have enough cash flowing back to you uh, uh, every quarter to basically maybe retire, maybe uh, you know travel a little bit more, and leave something for your for your children. Yeah, exactly. And again, look at your personal circumstances. But you think most of these funds are. are four to six years turnover time period. Uh, mm-hmm. And always you want to look at the markets too. Today we're in a yeah. frothy market. It's a good time to exit. You start a fund five years ago, you're probably kicking ass because everything's great right now. Yeah. And when you get in, you want to hit the cycle right too. You don't want to be liquefying these funds in a down market. It wants to, you want to be an up market to really uh, to get that extra uh, extra return on them. So mm-hmm. also you have to endure these down cycles and make sure you're selling at an up cycle and uptick with it. Uh, yeah. Right now, we, we have had such a fantastic uptick. Let's not get to not spoil ourselves too much. It's, it's a yeah. once in a lifetime opportunity. Anyone who buy anything in the last two years is definitely benefiting. Uh, yeah. I just had a conversation this morning, and someone's like, "Yeah, I bought a house like three years ago, and you know, it's worth this." And our conversation was like, "Well, if you sell it, where are you going to go? Because everything's really high. So where are you going mm-hmm. to move outside? At least in California, where are you going to go and buy a, a very another house on top of the market, or are you going to move yeah. somewhere else?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about the late Vegas markets right now, but uh, also pretty hot. We looked at Austin as well, and it was pretty hot too. Austin's hot. Austin's been hot. Yeah, Austin's a a fun city. It's a great city. But we digress. (laughs) So yeah. So so Craig, uh, anything else you want to add about uh, kind of uh, that we haven't touched about? I think we've. uh, I think we covered quite a bit about the uh, diverse fund and and the reason why you created the created it and really democratizing real estate, bringing it to the regular investor with an investment as little as five hundred dollars. And anything else that that you want to add as we as we wrap up this uh, this episode? 
I, I just think everyone needs to start their journey getting involved in, in the private markets and, and every single person who does not have a flat screen TV. And what does a flat screen TV <laughs> to cost you? like at least a thousand dollars so what's your excuse it's 500 dollars minimum to get started at least take it as an education at the end of the day you're educating yourself how many online courses are you are you wasting money on how many dinners do you spend 500 dollars on how many yeah. you buy something or or whatever that is you could start your journey start your personalized journey learn about it if try our platform if not try another platform out there educate yourself learn about this the more people do it the more of us companies such as ours will, will pop up, be successful. And the more of us being successful, more people will be successful on their journey. Yeah. Yeah. Craig, thank you very much. Thank you for helping all these uh, investors uh, with, uh, with their long-term investment, long-term goal, and hopefully achieve financial freedom. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.